morning, everybody. I say good yontif, but uh, we're getting closer to the real yontif of Hanukkah, so let's begin to learn. Okay, so you know, in, in Alanisim, in Alanisim, we'll go through a few questions first, a few famous questions about Hanukkah, and then we'll uh, we'll hopefully try to get to the primis of it a little bit. So in Alanisim, we describe in the, the Nusach of Alanisim describes the essential attack of the Yavanim against the Jewish people. All the gezeras, all the decrees of the Yavanim boil down to one central point, and that's the plus, that's what we say in Alanisim. To make us forget about Torah. So here's the question, a few questions. First of all, I mentioned this on Shabbos. You know, this year right now is going to, for those that were there Shabbos afternoon, this might start off sounding the same, but don't worry. We're going to take a, a hard right at some point and it'll become different, so don't worry. But the questions will be the same. So, first of all, the question is, how is that really possible? How is it possible for anyone to force you to forget something? Someone can force you to stop learning, and then with time you'll forget. But this question. It sounds like Yavonim came to somehow actively make us forget Torah. How is that possible, such a thing? How could you kick, kick information out of someone's head? It's not possible. Number one. Number two, we know that according to Chazal, many of the Midrashim and the Swarm talk about this a lot, that of all the Gezeris of the Yavanim, there are three particular Gezeris that sort of stand out as uh, summing up what Yavan was about, what that exile was. And we know that the three, three things that they tried to abolish were Shabbos, Brismila, and Chaydesh, right? Shabbos, Mila, and Chaydesh, those three things. And so here's the question number two. How do those three things relate and how are they all summed up with that sentence, with those two words, Lashkicham Teresecha? Notice again, Alanisim is saying that the Ikrikzeir of Yavan is Lashkicham Teresecha to make us forget about Torah. Now, what does that mean? How do they do that? So the Midrashim come and sort of fill in the blanks and sort of give, give depth to that sentence of that, that statement, Lashkicham Teresecha. The way they did that was through trying to undo Shabbos, Brismila, and Rishchaydish. So. So that, the question is why those three things, how those, those three things in particular result in Shekha Satar and forgetting Torah. So again, first of all, how do you, how do you push and make someone forget? And why those three things, why do those three things relate to Ashkechum Torah Okay. Another question, again, well-known question. We know that uh, in Alanisim in particular, when, when the Nusach of Alanisim describes what exactly the main nace of Hanukkah is, what exactly are we celebrating, so it's clear from Alanisim, everyone knows, that the, the real nace that we're celebrating on Hanukkah is the Nitzachin, right? It's the victory of the Chashmanoim over the Yavonim, right? That's, what's, that's what Alanisim has described. So the question is as follows. We know that that's what Alanisim talks about. And because of that, Chazal came and established a mitzvah that we do in order to commemorate that Nitzachin, and that is the Halakas HaMenor. So the well-known question the Omofarshim deal with is what exactly is the connection between the Hadlokas HaMenayra, and more particularly, the miracle of finding the Pachecha Shel Shemen, and that oil, lasting eight days when it should have only lasted one day, and so on, the miracle of the Menayra, how exactly does that relate to the Nitzach and to the victory of the Yavanim, uh, of the Hashemenayim over the Yavan? How do those two things connect to each other? Another question, again, it's also well known, in Alanisim and the Gemara, the focus is in terms of what we do to commemorate that Nitzachin. The focus is different. We know there are two general basic things that the Chazal instituted for us to do as a response to that nace. Again, one, as I just mentioned, the Halakas HaMenayra, that's a response to the nace of the Nitzachin, somehow. And the other thing we do is what the Alanisim mentions, which is Halal and Haidah. Halal and Haidah. That we thank Hashem, we praise Hashem, Tfil Halal and Haidah. So the question is, what do those two things have to do with each other? The nace of the Shemen, Halakas HaMenayra, Hal and Haidah. The truth is, it's more than that. Chazal sort of wove in to the Halakas HaMenayra, within the midst of Halakas HaMenayra, we find this in Halakha many places, in many ways, that part of the mitzvah, sort of an, a certain identity of the mitzvah of lighting the Menayra is a, a tangible way of getting the message across of the fact that we are being the Hal and Haidah. So in other words, Hal and Haidah, the thank, the, to, to thank Hashem, to praise Hashem, to to be Makadeshem Shemayim. That could be done in two ways. It could be done verbally with Hal and Haidah, and it could be done physically by lighting the menorah, Pursu Nisa, by us 
the mafarsim and publicizing the nace through Adlakas and Menar, that itself, the Rishonim, uh, many Rishonim say this, that that's a way of us physically performing Hal and Haida. So these two things are bound to each other. The nace of the Shemen, Halakas and Menar, Hal and Haida. That's the question. How do these two things relate? How do the, all these things relate? Okay. So let's go back to the first, the first question. The first question we had was, how is it possible for the Yuvanim to come and to, cre- and to, uh, and to, cre- and to bring Shekha Satayr, Lashkicham Tarasecha? How is that possible? How could one force another person to forget something? So the thing is like this. You know, the world is created. We know, everyone knows that the Chazal say the world is created from the Tyre, right? Stakal Baraisa, Ubara Alma. The bunch looked in the Tyre, created the world. See, it's more than, you know, the way it's translated simply is like the Torah is the blueprint of the world. It's much deeper than that. It's much more than that. A blueprint is a piece of paper that you look at and you think, oh, that looks good. Now let's make something that fits that. Estakel Baraisa Baralma means that the Torah itself is the underpinnings of reality itself. The Torah, the world comes from Torah itself. Therefore, if we are going to understand the nature of the world, you have to understand the nature of Torah. If you want to understand the nature of Tyra, mm-hmm. you have to understand the nature of the world. And by the way, there's another uh, piece of the puzzle, and that's the human being. We are created in the image of how the Rabbanu Shalom reveals himself in the world, of how the Rabbanu Shalom reveals himself in Tyra. That's how the human being is created. So all these three things are mirroring each other. The human being, the human psyche, Tyra itself, and the world. All these three things relate to each other. You understand one, you understand the others. In the Rishonim, we find that there's a sentence that sums up how the world came into being, how the world is created, what, how, how reality exists. And again, in that sentence from the Rishonim is true with the world, and therefore it must be true with Tyra, and it also must be true with the person, right? Because all three things relate to each other. And that is, the world exists, yesh mi'ayin, something from nothing, something from nothing. Now that statement, yesh mi'ayin, you know, simply on a, on a very simple level, when you may be first introduced to it, it means something from nothing. In other words, mamish nothing. How did Rebbe make the world? Where did he go to get the material? He didn't go anywhere. He said, ye are, and all that, there was light. Where did the light come from? No, it didn't come from anything. It just, all of a sudden, it appeared. That's not really what Yeshmiyan means. Yeshmiyan does not mean something literally out of nothing. Yeshmiyayin means, we're going we're gonna to try to deepen this, to understand this a little bit more, but Yeshmiyayin means that all the something of creation has a root. Everything has a shirish. Everything has, has where it comes from. Everything comes from somewhere. The only thing that just is is God. Everything outside of God comes from somewhere. Everything has a shirish. All the yesh of this world has a shirish. What is the shirish? What's the root? What's the seed that it all comes from? A place that's called ayin a reality that's called nothingness. We call it nothing because we don't, we're not able to understand it or to compute it, to experience it in a tangible way. But it comes from somewhere. It comes from something that's all-encompassing. And that reality that's all-encompassing, or in the words of Arizal, our ain't safe, the infinite light of God, that reality that, that came before creation is the root of creation. Yesh ayin. Now, again, we'll explain this as a shem in a couple minutes. But here's the idea. Here's the idea. The nature that Rabbanu Shalom made is such, is that as long as something is connected to its root, as long as there's a strong hiskashras between what something is and where it comes from, that thing won't be forgotten. That thing will always remain. It has, it's connected to its roots. It has chiyas, it has life. It's continuing on. Once something is disconnected from where it comes from, then automatically it's just a matter of time until it's forgotten, until it's lost. Lamashal. I gave this mashal on Shabbos afternoon. We know that, you know, you read the Tanakh, there's Ammon, there's Moyev, there's uh, Edaim, Amalek, Canaan, all these nations, right? Mitzrayim. They don't exist anymore. What happened to them? So we know what happened, right? Sancheirev, the king of Asher, came, and his Mahalach was every country he would uh, conquer, he would take the native peoples over there and put them in a different country and make everyone mixed up with each other. And then all of a sudden, after a couple of generations, there's no more Mitzrayim, there's no more Edaim. Why? The morale explains the reason for that is because every nation has its root. It has its shirish. And the shirish of a people is its land. And as, once you disconnect the something from where it comes from, 
then it's only a matter of time till it becomes forgotten. Therefore, just as the world is yesh ayin, and yesh doesn't mean something just out of nowhere, yesh means something coming from a much more mysterious hidden source, and as long, as long as the world, that the yesh of this world, the tangible side of reality, is connected and flowing from that ayin, to that extent the world will exist, the world will continue to exist, and it won't be forgotten, so to speak. Just as that's true with the world, that is also true with Tyra. There is a side of Torah which is yesh, the tangible knowledge, information of Tyra. And the question was, how did the Yavan come, how do you make Torah forgotten? How do you do that? Tell people to stop chazering? No. The way is to disconnect the yesh of Torah, the something of Torah, from the ayin, from the nothingness that it comes from. As long as you could draw a driver wedge between the yesh and the ayin, then it's only a matter of time until the yesh disintegrates, until the yesh falls apart. That's the strategy of Yavan. Just as by the world, yesh mi ayin. As long as that connection is strong, the yesh of the world will continue. So too with Tyra. The yesh of Tyra, the tangible size, the reality, the information, the chachm of Tyra that we know of, that will, nigla or nister, it's not a matter of nigla or nister, the, the somethingness of Tyra, that remains alive and well, and it will be remembered only to the extent that it's connected to the ayin that the Tyra comes from. This is, by the way, you know, it's also, you know, uh, when the, the nace of Shem, the nace of, of Hanukkah, which is, you know, the nitzachin of the, of the victory of the Yivanim, it's also obviously celebrated, we have the other miracle of the nace of the Shemen. Shemen is a schooler for what? It's a schooler for memory. It's a schooler for zikaron. See, it's if you think about it, that the nace was the chashvenayim finding a fuel source for the fire. And the miracle is that that source, that root, that energy source for flame, for that fire, which should have only lasted one day, all of a sudden, miraculously, there was an a, 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 a influx of fuel source, of energy source. This is reflected this is not a coincidence, this is reflective of the victory of the Chashmonaim over the Yavanim. Again, what was the, what was the decree of the Yavanim? Lashkicham Tarasecha. Again, we'll explain what this means. What does it mean, Lashkicham Tarasecha? It means to draw a wedge between the somethingness of Tyra and its fuel source. Its fuel source being the ayin of Tyra. Because of that, that's what the Yavanim are trying to do. And then it's only a matter of time until the somethingness of Tyra is forgotten. The victory of the Chashmonaim over the Yavanim therefore means... Not just that we have the tangible side of Torah. The victory of the Chashmonayim mean that now there's a re-emergence, a reconnection, a, 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 a refueling of that somethingness of Torah from its fuel source. Just as with, with a candle. You have the something of the candle, that's the flame. But it needs to have the eye and it needs to have its source in, 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 in what looks like the opposite of a flame to fuel it, to sustain it. That's the oil. So therefore, just as the Nitzachin of the Chashmonayim was to reconnect the Yesh to the Ayin, so therefore that is commemorated, that's reflective in the Nase of the Shemin, which is Kal Yisrael finding an additional fuel source, and that fuel source, Mamish, miraculously sustaining the Yesh way, way, way past what you'd usually think it could. That's the miracle of the Shemin. And that's why it's, it's again, with Shemin, which is the school of four, for Zikaran. It's all this in you. Okay, so what does this mean? What does this mean? Like, we know what the, the yesh of the world looks like. We know what the yesh of Torah looks like. What's this ayin? Like, what does that mean? Where's this ayin? Because again, the Aravaita and Hanukkah is going to be, try to, to parallel this process, right? To try to, it's not so much about learning on Hanukkah. It's always good to learn on Hanukkah. But the, really, the Indian of Hanukkah is really to connect your learning to the ayin of Torah. That's really the Aravaita of Hanukkah. And somehow that'll be connected with lining the menorah and how we'll see. But what exactly does that mean? How do I identify this ayin? What, what is that? So now we have to get into the third piece of the puzzle, right? So we talked about the world, yeshmi ayin of the world, tyra, yeshmi ayin. But there's a third piece of the puzzle, which is the human being, the yeshmi ayin of the person. And that's going to be the way, we'll, we'll choose that, that way to sort of investigate the mechanics of the yesh of who you are with the ayin of who you are. And from there, maybe we'll understand a little bit better this dynamic with Torah and this dynamic with the world. But before we get to that, one more thing. You know, in, in, uh, you know it, it, we're within three days of Yad Kislev, so love it, you know, so, so I think it's, so what, what we'll do is we'll, we'll go with the, to, to, to approach this Indian, to get into this, there's many different ways, many different drachim we could attack this uh, Nakuda. We'll go in a Chabad way, okay? We'll cover uh, Yad Kislev. So it's like this. 
a major discussion in Chabad Hasidus, I mean, you name the Rebbe, it's, there'll be hundreds of pages about it. A major discussion in Chabad is this relationship that we have between Torah and mitzvahs. Torah and mitzvahs. And basically the question is, what's greater, what's more important? Torah or mitzvahs? And the truth is, you go through Halach and you go through Chazal, you'll find uh, steers. you'll find steers. So just to name uh, a few, uh, on the side of Torah. So you don't have to think too hard about it. Talmud Torah Kineke Kulam. Okay, there you go, right? We've all you have that seared in your brain. Talmud Torah Kineke Kulam. Fine. Uh, we have uh, other halachas, uh, other, other, other concepts. The Gemara says, the Gemara says uh, that when a person does mitzvahs, it's megan umatzil. Mitzvahs have a power of protecting a person. But while you're performing the mitzvah. The Torah is megan umatzil. Torah protects a person. I feel even when you're not learning, it protects. So that's a check for Torah. Talmud Torah negakulam. Torah protects when you're not learning. Uh, if you have a person who's a Talmud Chacham and a person who's a big askin. There's a Baal Maisim Taivim. So you have to respect both. You have to give cover to both. But there's no question in Halacha. Halacha says that a Talmud Chacham is the, um, the one that you have to give more covet over a person that's a Baal Maisim Taivim. Check for Tyra. The Gemara says a statement. The Gemara itself asks this question. What's greater, Tyra or Mitzvahs? And the Gemara comes up with a statement which itself needs explanation. Gadol Talmud. The Talmud is greater. Learning is greater. Why? Shemei Maisim. Because it results. It brings, it brings to Mitzvahs. It brings to mitzvahs. So it's like sort of, you have Torah, you have mitzvahs. If you have mitzvahs, you might not have Torah. So Torah is greater. So all those things are on the check, the check of Torah. Mitzvah Sheni. Mitzvah Sheni. On the other hand, in Allah, we know that there's a concept of Isaac and mitzvah, patan and mitzvah. I'm involved in a mitzvah, and another mitzvah comes my way. I don't have to stop what I'm doing. I'm doing a mitzvah anyway. The exception to that is Talmud Torah. The Allah of what Talmud Torah is, if a person is learning, and a mitzvah comes your way that no one else can do except for you, then you stop your learning in order to do that. So I don't get it. If Torah is greater than mitzvahs, and, and when it comes to mitzvahs, there's a concept of Isaac mitzvah, patah min mitzvah. Torah doesn't have that. Torah bends to the will of other mitzvahs. That's a check for mitzvahs. There's a Gemara Nadarim. The Gemara Nadarim says that uh, when it's talking about Nevesachayim and Shardala, this is like sort of the, the statement that the whole Shara is built on. But the, the Gemara says in Nadarim that, uh, I think Rav Lazar, uh, Rav Lazar I think he said that when he, he's talking about Torah mitzvahs, and he says, I say devarim l'shem palon, when you're doing a mitzvah, do a mitzvah for the sake of the creator, for the sake of the one that created you. In other words, woven into mitzvahs, the chiv of a mitzvah is to have in mind that you're doing l'shem shemayim. We know, for example, there's a machlokis, right? We know whether mitzvah tzrich is kavan or not. Mitzvah tzrich is kavan. Now, we, we, it's a machlokis, we, we try to be machmer, to have kavana when you do a mitzvah, that's midaraisa. What is the kavana? The kavana is, and I'm doing it because the Rabbanu wanted me to. Like, in other words, mitzvahs, by their very nature, demand you to think of the Bari Oilam. That's pretty chashev. That's pretty chashev. That the mitzvah is a, is, 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 is a way of compelling you to connect to Elikos. But said Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Yitzchak, in the Gemara, I say, Dvar Moshem Paul, in mitzvahs, you have to have that in mind. You have to think of the Rabbanu Shalom. But, <laughs> But when it comes to learning, that's not ma'akev in the mitzvah itself. Speak them and just focus on the information at hand. And that's a huge discussion. Does that mean Tar Is there anything more to that? Okay, it's a, it's a to-do. But Lamaisa, Chazal says such a sentence. Rabbi Lezer is certainly telling us a difference between mitzvahs and Torah. That's for sure. Again, Chassidus will come and sort of play with it a little bit. But at the end of the day, that's what the Gemara does say. So mitzvahs, in other words, mitzvahs are in a certain sense greater. In the fact that the chavsah mitzvah, halachically, mitzvah's demand of a person to be makashi yourself to something high, which is elikos. Whereas Torah doesn't have that demand. That would seem to be a check on the side of mitzvah. So, like, let's. So, how do we make sense of it? Okay, so let's go into Chabad for a second. Okay, this is uh, for those that uh, have learned some Amarim from, from the Chabad Rebbe's, this will be a little bit more um, comfortable. <laughs> for those that are a little bit initiated yet. Okay, so. Here we go. So it's like this. In Chabad, we're taught the following idea. Again, we're focusing in on the person. We talked about the Eishmi'ayin of Torah, the Eishmi'ayin of the world. But to understand that, let's get to the Eishmi'ayin of a person. In Chabad Chassidus, we're taught the following idea. There are two distinct qualities that a person is made up of. Again, there's your Yesh and there's your Ayin. But in, in Chabad Lashonism, this is following. There are things that we have which are called the Koyches HaNefesh. 
powers of yourself, certain, certain qualities that you have. It's not you, it's not essentially you, but it's koiches that you have. Intellectual capability. There's koich seichel. There's uh, the koich of one's, uh, you know, midos, uh, one's uh, emotions. Emotionative, emotional faculties, emotional koiches. There's, there's even physical koiches. There's a person is, is athletically gifted, so he has koich of tenua. He has the koich of movement, athletically. He's an artist, so he has the koich of, uh, of artistry to sort of have that sense in his mind to pick up on things that are beautiful artistically and also to control his hand to, to draw pictures and so on artistically. These are all kaiches and nefesh. And then there's something else. That's the yesh of who you are. That's the sum total of everything you have. Your kaiches seichel, your kaiches ruach, kaiches tenua, you name it. It's also related. It's also a kaiach. It's also a kaiach adimian. Well, within this context, it's all within the yesh. It's all within the somethingness. Again, the, you know, again, like I said, kaiach seichel, kaiach adimian is also. It's all things. And then there's something else which is called your rotzen. See, rotzen is an interesting word. You know, rotzen in, in Hebrew is translated usually as will, but very often with English and Hebrew, it doesn't. Re- it's not a good translation. Uh, I'll give you an example. In Hebrew, there's such a thing that's called an ace rotzen. What does it mean an ace rotzen? An ace rotzen, we know what an ace rotzen is, right? An ace rotzen is a guy, by the Rabbanu Shalom, we want to dive in, there should be an ace rotzen. Like, an ace rotzen by a person, like you're making a simcha or something, you're just open for business. Just looking for someone to make a l'chaim with. Mm-hmm. Rotzen, if rotzen means will, like I want something, it's an ace rotzen, what does it mean? I'm at a time of wanting? Like, what is rotzen? So in Chabad we're taught Ratzin is not a particular kayach of your nefesh. Ratzin is not, there's a kayach seichel, there's the kayach of artistry, of movement, of athletics, of emotions, of dimyon. Those are kayachs. It's not essentially who you are. Ratzin means the ability to direct you to a particular thing. When you want something, what's really happening? When you want something, what's happening is, is that your nefesh be'etzem, the essential quality of who you are, is being activated, is coming out of its slumber, so to speak, and being directed to a particular object, to a particular thing. And then automatically, you're drawn to that thing. And then you want it, and then, then you activate your kaiches, and you activate your seichel to figure out how do I get from where I am to that thing and you become emotionally excited by it, and you start moving your feet to get to it, all the kaiches are then activated, but it comes from what? From rotsin. What is rotsin? Rotsin is nothing. Rotsin is your ability to focus yourself on a particular object. It's like, it, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just moving that target. As long as your nefesh, whatever your nefesh is focused on, that's, what, what, that's what's going to be what you want. And then, automatically, your kaiches will line up accordingly. When we talk about an ace rotsen, an ace rotsen means, like I said before, there is, I don't know if there is a good English word for it, an ace rotsen means that you're open. The balabas who's making the simcha is just open, he's open. Instead of himself being closed off and sort of in hibernation, um, and then like, what does he want? Doesn't want anything, he just wants to go to sleep. An ace rotsen means that you just want, that you're in a state of openness, and everyone that passes through your eyes, ah. Oh, I want to make a l'chaim with that guy. I want to, make a, I want to dance with this guy. There's just an ace rotsin. That's what an ace rotsin is. Again, I don't know of an English, a good English word for that, but it's just there's a certain... Huh? A willingness. Willingness is not correct. It's, it, it's, some, it's an ace rotsin. It's just an ace You are merutza. You are merutza. When we talk about on Shabbos, that Shabbos leads to shalshuz, it's rav de ravin. Rotsin sheber tzaynas. Rotsin sheber tzaynas, what does that mean? It means Rav wants something in particular. No, he doesn't want something in particular. Ratzin Shebert Sinus means that the Rabbanishman is open for business. He's open. There's a time, he's merutza. He is there. He is present. The Ratzin is there. The Nefesh, the Ayin of the Nefesh is there. And this is why, by the way, this is why it's very difficult to find an English word for it because the truth is that if you, if you isolate this Ratzin, this quality, the Nefesh, from the Kaiches and Nefesh, it's, it's intangible. It needs something to hold on to. This is why the guy doesn't even know how to express his rotsin until he's able to make a l'chaim with the guy at the chasana. He doesn't even know how to express himself because what's happening in himself is just there's a revelation of his nothingness, of, his, of that part of who he is that encompasses everything. That it's him. 
and he's and he's trying to focus. He's sort of trying to focus his rotsin on something to give it some tangible reality. And then when he finds that person, oh, then all the kaiches kick in in order to express that rotsin with this person. So within the person you have kaiches and nefesh, and you have this rotsin. You have the nefesh itself as it manifests, as it reveals in rotsin. Now, now let's explain. It's important to realize this, because this is really the underpinnings of all of Yiddishkeit, as we'll see. Mamash, all of Yiddishkeit. Each Indian, the Kaychas and Nefesh versus Ratzin, each one has a Maila, and each one has a Chassar. Go through each one, yeah? Very quickly, simple. Kaychas and Nefesh versus Ratzin. The Maila of Ratzin, for example, is that it's Mamash you. It's Mamash you. It's not just the Kaychas that you have, it's Mamash you. And that's an unbelievable thing. The chasarin mitzat sheni is, and by the way, and a mile because of that is, it's interesting, is that it doesn't take training. A person doesn't have to go through training to figure out how to activate your want. From the time the baby's born, they want something. It doesn't have, to, doesn't have training. See, kaychas and nefesh need training. You need to figure out how your seichel works. If you want to, uh, if you have the kaych of uh, being an athlete, it takes training to sort of bring that kayach from potential to reality in order to get your limbs, the limbs of your body, to get them acclimated with that kayach, it takes training. Notice, by the way, this is also an essential difference between the kayachas and nefesh versus the rutzen of a person is that the kayachas and nefesh are designed to unite with particular body parts. And the nature is that the kayachas seichel has its place in the body, the brain. And therefore it takes time for that brain, the physical brain, to become acclimated and to become trained and to become united and to be a proper vessel for that kaycha seichel. person grows up as Hashem healthfully, so the kaycha seichel that already you have innate becomes more manifest and unpackages itself through its bond with your, with your physical brain. person has the kaycha of athleticism, so your limbs have to sort of get acclimated with it. You have to go through training. person's an artist. You have to get your hand ready. And it takes time. And by the way, even after you're trained, so depending on the kaychas hanefesh, there are certain kaychas hanefesh that once you train them, it's a done deal, right? In other words, let's say uh, you have a quarterback, right? An NFL quarterback, for example, there's a lot of training going on in terms of how to throw, and a lot of math in there, you know what I mean? A lot of kaychas seichel, everything like that. But once they get used to it, then they, it gets to a point of where they won't be able to explain to you anymore how they do it. They just... The guy throws it, and it's like 60 yards, exactly where the, where the wide receiver is going to end up. Like, it, you don't even, they don't even know how they did it. Because that alignment of their kaycha seichel and the kaycha tenua, and all this is so perfectly enmeshed in their avarim that it's, just, it's almost automatic. There are certain things like that. Other kaychas are a little, bit, a little bit less automatic in that way. A uh, person's an artist. They can't just automatically draw a painting. They have to have more yeshiva das than a guy throwing a football. It's just the nature of the different kaychas, how well they cement in that limb and how difficult that cementing is. But it's related to that, that limb itself. And because of that, it takes time, it takes training, and it's not even after you're trained, it's not necessarily instantaneous. Will is not like that. Rutzen is not like that. Rutzen is instantaneous. It doesn't take any training to want something. And when the rutzen is activated, it doesn't take any training, it doesn't take time for that activization to go from the rutzen all the way to the bottom of your feet. You hear exciting news, all of a sudden you start dancing. And it didn't take time. It's not like the artist sitting down with a pen and paper or with a, with a paintbrush figuring out how to move his hands in the right direction. Even though it's quick, because he's an artist already, it takes time. And it takes and it takes mental effort and energy. Not so when it comes to jumping up and down because of exciting news. When you hear exciting news, there's an ace rutzen that was just activated. And the nature of rutzen is that it's not bound to any particular limb. It affects the entirety of the person. And it doesn't take training. It's instantaneous. And because of that, by the way, the nature of rutzen is that it's able to conquer it has the quality of nitzachen. It's able to overtake other kaychas. You can, you can convince, you can, with your will, I mean, there are, there are, there are therapies try, you know, that, that use this. Using your will, you can convince yourself that something that's sweet is bitter, something that's bitter is sweet. 
using Ratzin itself. See, Seichel can't do that. Seichel, for example, can't, you can convince yourself that despite the fact that this is sweet, it's not good for me. So the Kayach the, HaNefesh, the, the, that's called your taste, that's called the, the pleasure, the, 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 the part of you that's pleasure-seeking, is still there. It's still there. So it still wants the sweet thing. It wants the donut. But your Seichel is a stronger Kayach, and your stronger Kayach, therefore, can't really overpower your Ratzin. It can't really overpower the pleasure part of you. The pleasure part of you has to say, you know what, fine. Okay, fine. You know, mm-hmm. For the time being, I'll let, I'll let you eat the celery. That, that's, what the, that's what the pleasure center part of you is going to do. But it can't ultimately, one kayak cannot ultimately overtake and completely be victorious over another kayak. The only thing that can be victorious over the kayaks is the ratzen. That's the only thing that can happen. So Lamashal, I mean, in Chabad Hasidus, the, the, the classic example of this is a person being willing to dial Kiddush Hashem. So you must nefesh al Kiddush Hashem. And, and the way the Tanya and many uh, the rabbis, they all explain this, is that when, God forbid, a person shouldn't be in that position, when you're not in that position and you're imagining yourself in that place, so then you're thinking like, ah, it's impo- I, I don't know if I could do such a thing. It's like an impossibility. Why? Because when you're not in that moment, then all that's active, active in you are kaychas and nefesh. And then you're trying to get your seichel to wrap its brain to, to sort of convince its other kaychas that I know dying is terrible and I know you want to live. It's Kedai. And you think it to yourself, like, that's a hard, that's a, that's a hard shear to, to be Makabo. You know what I'm saying? That's not an easy piece of information to swallow for, your, for the rest of the Kaychas to say, you know what, okay, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll get on board. But, but the Tanya, all, this, all the, the Chabad Rebbe has explained, but when, when, God forbid, a person shouldn't be, but a person that's in that moment, then what's happening is not the Kaychas HaNefesh, it's not the Kaychas Seichel trying to have a conversation and dialogue and having a... Uh, you know, a conversation and a negotiations with the other kaychas. At that moment, your rutzen is activated. And the deepest rutzen of a yid is his skashos with bar oilam, to become part of elikos, and to not to become, and not to, God forbid, be disengaged from elikos. And at that moment, yeah, the, the willpower just over, overruns and overtakes everything else, to the point of where it's rabin biad ma'atim. Rabin biad ma'atim, where it's the many kaychas completely melting before the will. So much so, that the Baltani explains that a person in that matziv is actually, all the kaychas and nefesh are completely now bottled to the rutzen to the point of where the person thinks to himself at that moment, there's no greater pleasure in life than dying al Kiddush Hashem. So when you're thinking about it from the outside, it's an impossibility or a very, very tall order to ask. But when, God forbid, when a person that's there and it's an ace rutzen, there's nothing to talk about. So easier examples are also like that. Imagining yourself right now having to like fast on Yom Kippur and putting your kaychas into Neilah, it's hard to imagine that. And you think to yourself, I don't know if I can handle that. But when you're there, that's called an ace rotzen. And when there's a rotzen, so all these are unbelievable strengths of, of, of rotzen. Mitzatsheni, there's a basic chasar when it comes to rotzen, which is that because it's the essence of who you are, which is unbelievable and it brings all the milas, it doesn't take time, it encompasses everything, it's able to be menatzeach over the other kaychas, it's gewaldic. But at the end of the day, <laughs> It's ayin. It's ayin. It's intangible. Because at the end of the day, who you are, you don't even know who you are. It's looking. Rutzen is always looking for something to hold on to. The guy is making the chasana, and he doesn't even know. I mean, he, he knows why he's happy, but the, 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 the essential feeling of happiness, he doesn't even know what that is, and he's looking for things to legitimize it with. He's looking for kalim. Rutzen doesn't have kalim. doesn't have kalim. Kaycha has a kli. It's called the brain. Uh, athletics has a, has a kli. It's called your, your limbs. Your emotions have a kli, it's called your heart. Ratzin doesn't have a kli. That's its greatness. That's its greatness, because then it's all-encompassing, and it's, it, it could overwhelm everything. But it's also its greatest chesarim, because it doesn't have a kli. Which means, by the way, that the moment the ace Ratzin is over, and this, by the way, explains a lot of our experiences in Yiddishkeit, once the ace Ratzin is over, there's nothing left of it. See, with Seichel, when you learn something, even after you stop thinking about it, it's there. It's there, right? It's there in your memories. And it might take time to get that file, but it's there. person does something athletically with the training. Again, you, you know, it, it, it's like riding a bike, right? So it might take a few minutes to get back into it, but your muscles, they, they reconnect to the memory of that they have, and it's there. Why? Because these kaychas have kalim. And the nature is that these kalim become bottle to the kaych that they're, that they're created for. And so they, they become unified together, and that's the way it works. But Ratzin doesn't have a clue. 
And because of that, when the Ace Rutzen is gone, Shal Shudas is over, what happens? Boom, right into Matzah Shabbos. And you think to yourself, the nature of reality, the nature of Avaidus Hashem is that things should go slow, easy. There should be a, 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 a slow rise up and a slow descent. But it's not like that when it comes to Shabbos. Shabbos is right away down. You know why? Because the whole idiom of Shabbos is Rutzen, it's Rav the Ravin. And the nature of Rutzen is, is that when you're in the moment of Rutzen, there's nothing greater. You can't even imagine not being an Ilium Kippur when you're in the Ilium Kippur. But what happens much in the Ilah? The Rutzen is gone and there's no Rashim left. There's no Rashim left. So every, every, each one of them has a mile in Chassar. So in other words, in other words, summing it all up, uh, just as a person has a process of yesh mi'ai. The yesh of who you are are your particular kaychas and nefesh. And they're unbelievably great. When they're activated, they become enmeshed in your, in your kalim. They have kalim. It's gavaldic. You become a changed person by that. You become someone that's smarter. You become more athletic. You become more artistic. It's gavaldic. But at the end of the day, those kaychas and nefesh, on their own, will fall apart. They will fall apart. There's only so much energy you're going to have to learn to keep that motivation going, right? The only way, the, 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 all those yesh, all the somethings of your, of your nefesh have a root in ayin. What is the ayin? Your rutzen. Your rutzen. As long as your rutzen can be activated, as long as you are in an ace rutzen, then you could harness that rutzen and you could sort of fuel those kaychas and nefesh. But as long as the rutzen goes, goes out, the kaychas and nefesh are gone too. People get burned out because the rutzen... That's, that's, that's fueling the kachas and nefesh dissipate, yeah? How do you explain There is a strong, this is a different shmuz, but it's also a major discussion in Chabad, there is a very strong link between one's rutzen and one's emotions. That's what people very often get confused between the two, that they'll identify their rutzen with their emotions. They're not the same. Rutzen is an intangible openness which by itself, isolating it, is nothing. You can't even identify it. It's just open for business. What usually is, um, uh, what's, what, what easily enters the store first is going to be the emotions. The nature of the, nature of the Yetzir Taiv is, the Yetzir Taiv is very slow. It's like, uh, you know, and the Yetzir Har is, is excited. So as long as the, the sign moves from close to open, by the Zanatzim, the first customer, is going to be the Yetzir So that's why very often we, make that mistake in our minds, we draw the, we draw the link of thinking, oh, that, that my Yetzirah, my Taivas, my emotional, the part of me, that's my Ratzin. It's not. Ratzin is something by itself, and the, the Yetzirah is usually the first customer. But it's a different Indian. Because at that moment, the, the, the Kaas, again, maybe it's chicken or the egg, maybe it activated the Ratzin, the Ratzin was activated, whatever it is, and now it's now in the hand of the Kaas, and now the guy's like pouring Kaich, the fuel of, uh, of his nefesh is just pouring into that kayak called kas. It's not, it's not, it's not no, I mean, it's not, it's not essentially rotsin. It's not rotsin is something else. Rotsin is more about yeah. huh? connection and will than desire. See, the hagufa, the fact that we're having a hard time identifying <laughs> and, and using English. No, I'm saying that's the nakuda because but that's also, by the way, with America in particular, America has a hard time with these types of ideas because the cleap of America is superficiality. America's cl- the cleap of America is to believe in only what your eyes see. And those are kaychas and nefesh, not rutzen. So English is going to have a very hard time identifying this, and a, an American mind is going to have a hard time wrapping itself around this idea of your own ayin. But it's absolutely nothing. Absolutely very, very important. That's why just... Again, I still have to explain all this in a moment, but th- this is why the Kleep of America is very much connected with forgetfulness. I mentioned this on Ashal Shudas a few weeks ago, that when potatoes uh, made its way to Europe for the first time, which was an American food, it comes from, Ameri- it comes from North America originally, when, um, when potatoes came to, to, to Europe, many of the big tzaddikim felt that potatoes are a, uh, a, a, a kashal shecha. It makes a person forget. Because it comes from America, and the Kleep of America is forgetfulness. The given is forgetfulness, so by eating potatoes, you'll forget. The Bnei Sosra, I mentioned this by Shal Shudas, that Bnei Sosra would stay away from potatoes until his uncle, Rabbi Heshel Zedichover, told him that Adaraba, there's going to be a time of where, where, America, where Jewelry is going to be in America, and they're going to have to face that klipa of shikha, of forgetfulness, and therefore it's up to the tzaddikim of Europe 
to Adraba to, to eat potatoes, the Shem Shemai, and to be Makadashit. So that's why the, the Bnei Soschi used to eat potatoes after that conversation, but it would be Makbid that he would mix pepper, a lot of pepper in his potatoes, because pepper is, is brought down as a school for Zikarin. At least they should uh, balance each other out. But the, the, that's why, by the way, I mentioned also that it's Bashkacha Pratis, that Yid nowadays eat potatoes, and Ashkenazim in particular, coming from Europe, Ashkenazim eat potatoes more than any other time on Pesach, which is a Yontif of Amuna. It's a Yontif of Amuna. It's the opposite of Shechem. In other words, this is why, going back, this is why Americans have a hard time with this. Again, being an American, I could, I could talk like that, right? Because it's not, it's not like racist, and I could do it. So America, Americans have a hard time with shikha, with forgetfulness. It's very easy to forget. So much of the Baltanya, in fact, said this. It's a pel de gazach. The Baltanya said that when Harsinai, by Kabbal Satira, all of the world was the air, the air of the world was affected by Kabbal Satira, except for North America. He said such a thing, that America was not, if the, new, the new world that uh, was discovered at that time, the new world was, uh, the new country of America was not affected, its avir was not purified by Harsinai. And so the, the Indian of Shekha is very strong in America. People that live in America, as we know, it's mamish, we forget that there was ever such a thing as before America. So the Shekha is very, very strong. That's why Hanukkah is a very important yantar, right? Shekha is the opposite of Lashkich and Tarasach. Lakis, we eat potatoes on Hanukkah, right? It was Shemin. It's not a. It's not a small thing. It's not. A, it's Bashkacha part of such a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a pellet thing because no, it doesn't make any sense. But it is a carb. It's like heavy, and then you, then you fry it in oil. It's a void of such a thing. It's bimasak in the cleave of America. It's very important. It's very important. You have more latkes, and that's why it gets fancy. Different types of potatoes. Sweet potatoes. This, all different potatoes. It's. Uh, it's all good. All different types of forgetfulness, but it's important. I don't remember what we're talking about anymore. So, <laughs> Rotson, yeah, so, yeah Rotson. Okay, so, Yeshinayin, yeah? Yeshinayin. It's America, it's America. So you have Yeshinayin. So you have the Kaychas and Nefesh, they have to be drawn from Rotson. Okay, that, so again, that's all within the person. Now let's go back to Tyra. Let's go back to Rabban Hashem. Again, Salam Alakim. Salam Alakim. The Rabban Hashem gave us Tyra and Mitzvahs. Remember? Tyra and Mitzvahs. What's the difference between mitzvahs? What is Torah? What is mitzvahs? Here's the Nakuda. Torah corresponds to Kivyachal, so to speak, B'tzel Malakim, the Koiches HaNefesh of the Rabbani Shalom Kivyachal. When a person learns, learning, the nature of learning is, learning corresponds to the Koich HaNefesh. It's the Yesh. Mitzvahs corresponds to Ratzon. It's the Ayin that the Yesh comes from. And you'll, you'll see it very simply. See, the nature of Torah is, like the Gemara says, Torah is meganum atzil, it protects a person, even when you're not learning. Whereas mitzvahs, mitzvahs don't have that quality. Mitzvahs are, 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 they're activated when you're involved with them. When you're not involved with them, they're gone. Tyra, the, the essence of Torah is connecting you to the koiches hanefesh, so to speak, the somethingness of Elikos. The Rabbana Shalom, we know the Zohar Kodesh says about God that God is sasim v'galia. There's a side of God which is Tangible, so does Kivyachal, obviously not physical, but there's a side of God which is revealed. Just like within you, you have your Koyach HaSeichel, you have your Koyach HaTnua, you have your Koyach of Midas. It's the somethingness of who you are, and the somethingness of who you are are relatable, they're tangible. They're, you can look in the mirror and you could write down on a piece of paper and describe you. When a therapist asks you, who are you? You could say, oh, you, could have, you have something to describe yourself by. I have this type of Koyach, this type of Koyach, these experiences, and they fit in the Avarim, in the limbs of who you are. That's the somethingness of your life. And Torah is also, who is God? Uh, well, Baruch Hashem, we have books to tell us who God is. You have uh, Shas and Paiskim, you have Kisveri, you have Midrashim. These are all the things that we could explain who God is, and they all fit in particular limbs. So the, 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 the Pesach is, is, what is Pesach? Well, now, now I can tell you what Pesach is. Pesach is Mesech Pesach, and Pesach is a certain time of the year. It fits. It has a varm. And because of that, oh, it's tangible, it's real, I can identify with it, I now know who God is. That's called Kaychas and Nefesh. And therefore the nature of Torah is that it fits with the Aver, it descends, it has vessels in this world, and because of that, its impact is felt even when you're not learning. So Torah protects a person even when you're not learning. And because of that, Torah is therefore very, it's specified. Think of this, even the nature of Torah, the nature of the mitzvah of learning is that it depends who you are. Like, it's, when it comes to mitzvahs, it's not like that. Every single Jew, no matter whatever your background is, whatever, the mitzvah of Tulin is the same. It's not the, 
Tefillin doesn't change. Every single year. The Gadladar to Mechayt Veitzachat Shoyim Mechayt. Tefillin are the same. Not so with Mitzvah Talmud Torah. The Mitzvah, practically, the obligation to learn. How long do you have to learn for? How many, how many hours a day do you have to spend? It depends who you are. Halachically, it depends who you are. If you're a person that's able to, uh, all day long. If not, if you're someone that's working, an hour in the morning, hour at night, it, the chiv the, of Talmud Torah is, is malleable. It actually depends on what limb you are in that collective body of the Jewish people. Because in the nature of Torah is what's called in the sermon, ar it's an inner light. It's the kaycha nefesh. It's the kaycha nefesh. And it settles, it's specific, it's tangible. It's tangible. It gives you a relatability to God. I could put my finger on what God, what God wants, what, what God is, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it has an effect even after I'm involved. It's all the kaycha nefesh. Mitzvahs are not like that. Mitzvahs, and that's why, by the way, it, 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 it takes time. It takes time to grow accustomed to learning. It takes time to grow a taste for learning. It takes time, just like with the Kaychas Nefesh. It takes time for the brain to process the Kaychas Seichel. And it takes time for the limbs to process the Kaychas Athleticism. It takes time. When it's there, then it's good. But it takes time. Um, mitzvahs are not like that. Mitzvahs, mitzvahs are a revelation of the Ratzin of the Rabbanu it's the ayin that Torah is really coming from. This is why mitzvahs have milas and chesreinus. The milas of mitzvahs, as I said, is that Torah bends itself to mitzvahs. When a mitzvah comes before a person learning, if it's Yev Shalas you stop learning to do the mitzvah. Why? Because mitzvahs are the ruts and behind the Torah. That's how Torah is sustained, is by its connection to mitzvahs. By connecting to mitzvahs, mitzvahs are the root, that's the rutzen. Chazal say about mitzvahs that the, the basic kavanah that you have to have is that you are doing the rutzen of Avinu Shavashman, you're doing the will of God. That's, that's the most essential nature of mitzvahs. When you're, doing, uh, when you're putting out tzitzis, you're putting out tefillin, shake Luvanes, you're listening to shoifer. All the mitzvahs, they're very different in, their, in the kalim. But the mitzvahs are not defined based on the kli. The actual definition of kavanah that you have to have halachically for a mitzvah is not related to the mitzvah itself. This, it's just That's it. What the mitzvah is, kind of irrelevant. Because the nature of mitzvah is that it's trying to connect you, trying to access the rotsen of the Rabbanu Shloylam, the ayin of the Rabbanu Shloylam, the intangible side of the Rabbanu Shloylam. Who the Rabbanu Shloylam is essentially, even before it becomes materialized and concretized in particular information, that's called Tyra, just is. That's an overwhelming, overarching light an overarching reality that encompasses all the different Avarim at the, at the one time. And at the other time, it actually doesn't become, the, the Avarim, the limbs, don't become united with that light. This is, again, what Torah has its Maila, of that the person becomes a Talmud Chacham. The chefs of the person becomes changed through the inner light, through the Kayach nefesh that's called Seich, that's called Torah. And the Baal HaMitzvah on the one hand, is deeply connected to Ayin of the Rabbani Shalom, but he himself, his Ivarim, are not becoming changed by it. That's not the nature of mitzvahs. So mitzvahs, Torah bends to the will of mitzvahs, because the nature of mitzvahs is that it's the will, it's the Ayin, it's the fuel source of Torah itself. Mitzat Sheini, in terms of the person, and who is being changed, and its everlasting effect, Torah is greater. This is the dynamic of Torah and mitzvahs. Let's go back to the very beginning. The Gezerah of Yavin was L'Hashkicham Torah How do you force Torah to be forgotten? Only one way. The only way to force Shechas Torah is to disconnect the Yesh from the Ayin. Yesh from the Ayin. And when that happens, God forbid, then the Yesh and Ayin of the world falls apart. And this is reflected in the person. In other words, to make it simple, to bring it down all the way, like the Menorah, the, 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 the Inyan of the Gezerah of Yavin means... Learn. Learn. Daven, do all these things. But don't really want to learn. Don't really want to. Your rutzen shouldn't be there. If the rutzen is not there, then it's only a matter of time. Then the yesh is already dead. It's already dead. It's just a matter of time until you see that death manifest. It's already dead. That's what the Yavanim are about. It's disconnecting the fuel source from the flame. It's disconnecting the ayin from the yesh. Or learn, but don't keep mitzvahs. The, the learning should not be alminas lasas. Let's understand. The, this is why the, the celebration of Hanukkah is what? It's not with learning. It's not with learning. It's with what? It's with mitzvahs maizias. It's by eating latkes. It's by lighting the Hanukkah candles. It's by, re, in, by, by 
by being makash ourselves to the miracle of Hanukkah, which is finding a deep, deep fuel source to sustain that light way beyond what you would otherwise think it can be sustained to. That's what the Nase of Hanukkah is about. Think about this for a second. You know, the, the, the Gemara says in Shabbos, the famous question, my Hanukkah, what's Hanukkah? Which means, if you think about this for a second, it means that learning the story of Hanukkah is Talmud Torah. That's a Chiddush. I wouldn't have thought that, right? I would have said, okay, that's, the, that's a history lesson. And now the halachas of Hanukkah kick in. That's called learning. Now, do you, do, when you read that Bryce of my Hanukkah, which just records the story, you have to say Birch HaSatar before you learn there, right? It's, it's recorded in the Gemara. The Rambam also, the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchas Hanukkah, tells us the history of Hanukkah. So that means that, that teaching and learning about the story of Hanukkah is Torah. With that in mind, lighting the Hanukkah candles is very interesting. Lighting the Hanukkah candles is a form of persomenisa, right? Why do we light one candle per night? Because we want to get the message across of what night of Hanukkah it is. In other words, Hanukkah candles means a mitzvah, but it's a mitzvah that's Torah. Hanukkah candles is a concept in Torah, a sugya in the Gemara, a story of my, a brice of my Hanukkah in mitzvah form. That's really what the Hanukkah candles are. Why would Chazal do that? If Chazal are interested in us spreading the message of Hanukkah and the storyline of Hanukkah, which is Torah, because it's a brice of my Hanukkah and it's a piece in Rambam and Hilchas Hanukkah, then Chazal could have said it, could have kept it in the form of Torah, which is go out there and make shiurim and uh, make billboards, print the story of my Hanukkah, and let everyone make the Berchus Torah first and then Zel. Chazal didn't do that. Chazal were misaking that the Talmud Torah of my Hanukkah, the story of Hanukkah, which is Torah, it should be, the message should get out in mitzvah form. In mitzvah form. Why? Because that's what Hanukkah is. Hanukkah is to connect, to make that bond between the Yesh and Ayin, between the somethingness of Torah and the Ayin of mitzvahs. It should be lil meida menas lasas. In order to invigorate the Kaycha Nefesh of Torah and to reconnect it with the Ratzin of the Rabbanishlam, to remind yourself that when you're learning, you're learning because this is a way of not just accessing information that's relatable. This is a, a way through which you now gain access to Ratzin of Inushavashamaim. And when Torah and Mitzvahs merge, then something amazing takes place. Mitzvahs on their own have unbelievable milas, but Chesrainus, as we mentioned doesn't really take hold of the person. When the mitzvahs are done, it's finished. Torah on its own also has unbelievable milas. It changes a person. It could be ever, the, the, the residue is everlasting. It's gavaldic. It's tangible. But it has a chasar, which is, it's not essentially who God is. It's what God thinks about. It's, it's the kaychas nefesh, but it's not essentially the etzen. It's not the etzen. But if you could bring the two together, if you could teach Torah by lighting Hanukkah candles, then what happens? Then all of a sudden the the essence of who God is, is now tangible in Torah. And then all of a sudden, Torah itself takes on a much deeper meaning, and it takes on a, it turns into a vehicle to bring you to a place that you could not have reached otherwise. Torah itself transforms from just being a yesh that comes from ayin, to become something, a yesh, that allows you to live in that place of ayin. And to know where you are. That's when Torah mitzvahs merge together. All right, there's a lot to finish up. I'm sorry. A few more minutes, okay? I, I didn't realize we have to type of some loose ends. This is, by the way, why it's necessary, Chazal, to do this. It wasn't just enough to light Hanukkah candles. You also have to have Hal and Haidah. Why? So let me share with you just a couple lines from the Rebbe Rashab in one of his mamar. He writes the following thing. He's talking about this Indian in his own context of, of sort of allowing a person to engage in Torah mitzvahs in a way where you now become, where, where the, the ruts and the essence of God, the essence of God becomes something that's now accessible to you and tangible through Torah and its connection with mitzvahs, right? Sort of using the Yesha of Torah to reconnect to the ayin, of, of being able to come in contact in a, in a tangible way with the intangible side of God. And the, the, the Rebbe Rashab writes the following thing, that there's one condition. The condition is as follows. Let me just get the, the line. I know. The, the... Where is it? Uh, I know the suspense is killing you. I know. So let me just, I had it before. 
Oh, so he says, the kolze, the ability to do this, is is by having one hakdama first, which is bitl v'hanochasatzmusai. If you want to connect to the essence, to the rotsin of Hashem, then you can't let your own rotsin and your own essence get in the way. Because there's either him or you. Therefore, in order f- to engage in Torah and mitzvahs, in this reunified construct of Allah Samanaira, for the purposes of what? Of actually not just doing Torah and mitzvahs, because again, so you do Torah and mitzvahs all the time. You learn and then you do mitzvahs. But for it to become one construct like we're talking about, for it to be one construct to allow the rutsin of Hashem to manifest in your life and to become something that you could hold on to tangible, then you have to make sure that you put your rutsin to the side. This is what Halal and Haidah is about. Halal and Haidah means submissiveness, it means thankfulness, it means prayer. The tefillah is what? Tefillah is, it's not me. And as, long, and as once it's not you, now there's room for him. And so this is the partnership that Halal and Haidah have with Allah Kisamanur. The tachlis is to avoid, to get over lashkichim tarasecha. The tachlis is that the somethingness of Torah, the somethingness of God, should be connected with the nothingness of God, the essence of God. But in order for that essence and that to flow into the somethingness of Torah and to make itself known to you, that you should, you should be able to relate to it in a deeper way and not just superficially by learning and doing mitzvahs, but it should become, it should, it should take hold of you, it should activate in your, in your life as yesh from ayin, then you have to put aside your yesh and ayin. The more you put aside your yesh with Hal and Eidah, the more the yesh and ayin of their banishlam, the yesh and of Torah, will be able to make itself known through your Torah, through your mitzvahs. That's Hal and Eidah. They partner with, with Hadlokas HaMenayra. Just to finish off one last thing, one of the questions we had was, what does this have to do? How did it make itself known with those three things of Shabbos, Mila, and Chaydash? Well, according to what we're saying, Shabbos, Mila, and Chaydash, are, each one is the same Indian. It's this Indian. What's Shabbos? No. The Rebbe created the somethingness of the world. The yesh of the world was, was created how, how many days? Six days. What's Shabbos? Chazal said, the Gemara says that Shabbos, the, something was missing. What was missing from the world? Menucha. But Shabbos, but Menucha. What was created on Shabbos? Menucha. What does that mean? Not doing something. That was created on Shabbos. Yes. Ayin. Ayin was reintroduced to the construct of yesh on Shabbos. This is why Shabbos, Menayim, Mizbarach, and Shita Yoyim. Shabbos is a source of chiyas for all the six days of the week, right? Why? Because Shabbos is the ayin that flows into the yesh. Shabbos is rotsin, rava de ravin. That's everything about Shabbos is rotsin. So Shabbos is rava de ravin that flows into the yesh of Tyra. The Yuvanim are trying to, again, disengage, disassociate, drive a wedge between ayin and yesh, get rid of Shabbos. What's brismila? Brismila is the same Indian in terms of interpersonal relationships. Zachar and Nekeva. Nekeva is the something. Nekeva, her contribution to a, to a baby is taking the seed of the Zachar, which is nothing. It's, it's everything and nothing. And the Nekeva comes and gives pratim, gives details to it. It's the something. It's the something. And the, the Zachar's contribution is the ayin. Brismila, Brismila allows a healthy relationship between Zachar and Nekeva. That's what Brismila means. Brismilim is to be megala, means to reveal the bris kaidish in a holy way, in a proper way, to allow that yichud between zachar and nekeva to be in a way that you can have this, the nothingness of the zachar materialize and actually be something through the nekeva. <clears throat> this is why the Yuvanim, again, trying to draw a wedge between ayin and yesh, they're mavatal brismila. They're mavatal brismila. <clears throat> and the finally chaydash. Chaydash is the same thing. Chaydash means the moon. What does the moon mean? The moon means particular days of the year, particular events particular history which is going in one particular direction from the beginning to the end and not backwards. By the new moon, the Vezdin comes and says, Mekudosh, Mekudosh. What does the word Kaidish mean? Kaidish means Muvdal, Nifrash. Kaidish is just like Rotson. There is no good word for Kaidish. What is Kedusha? I, I don't know. I don't know. But you know when you see it. Just like Rotson. It's the same thing. That's why Kedusha and Rotson are always bound, to, bound together. To be Mekadish something, it takes Rotson. You cannot be makadish something against your will. You could, you, could, you, could, uh, you could be forced to do things against your will. Kedusha, it's not something that could happen against your will. The Kedusha of the Chaydash means that when you get to Pesach, this is not Pesach Tavshin Pei Beis. This is a reemergence of the original Pesach. There's an all-encompassing light of Ratzin that encompasses the collectiveness of history. This history means point by point by point. That's the something of history. The ayin of history is that every Pesach, the light of Pesach emerges in this particular date. But what is emerging in this particular date? Something that's intangible. 
all the svarim that you learn when it comes to let's say Hanukkah is, is the next yontif, but any yontif that you learn about, all the svarim are just it's 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 all just circling what Hanukkah is. What is Hanukkah? Ayin. What is Pesach? You learn about Pesach. This all the tars of Pesach, every base medrash, every particular way. There, none of them are telling you essence, essence what is Pesach because they can't. Because the essence of Yontif is Ayin. That Ayin makes itself known on Tesvav Nisan. That Ayin makes itself known on Chofhei Kislev. And the Kedushas HaChodesh is Bezdin sanctifying and injecting that Ayin, that quality, that elokus that's beyond description and putting it in a particular package of a particular day. That's Kedushas HaChodesh. The Yavanim that are trying to disrupt Ayin and Yesh, so they try to be Mavatal Chodesh. Shabbos, Mila, Chaydesh, that is Lashkichim Tarasach. It's one and the same thing. It's driving a wedge between what you're doing and what you really want. What you really want. This is what Hanukkah is. The Avayd of Hanukkah is learn, Amunas Lasais, keep mitzvahs, daven, and want to do it. And to daven to want, if a person doesn't want to daven to want, but to, to engage one's rutzen, to drive the rutzen into the Kaychas Nefesh, and to then. Learn Torah with that hiskashras, with that desire of, of connecting to the rutzen of Avinu Shavashamayim. That creates the Ayin Yesh, that creates the world stability. That's being the the Gezer of the Yivanim. We should be zeichet to be holy yidden, that do mitzvahs, that learn Torah, that daven, because we want to, because we need to, and because it makes us, it, 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 it brings life back, to our, back into who we are, back into the world. We should be zeichet to filchis, that's what Chanak is. In other words, to sum it all up, the Yantav of Chanak is about chiyas. It's about finding chiyas in your Yiddishkeit, Chies in yourself, chies in your relationships, chies. Fuel that fire. That's the Avayd of Hanukkah. Should we like to experience that and to, to light the whole world up? A peace called Tzedek. Amen. Amen.